0: Mutation, it is the key to our evolution. It has enabled us to evolve from a single-celled organism into the dominant species on the planet. This process is slow, normally taking thousands and thousands of years. But every few hundred millennia, evolution leaps forward.
1: Welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Rewind. I'm your host, Travis, joined once again by Xavier. No, it's Wolverine, schnicky, schnicky, yeah. schn- No, okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad you said that. Because I think we have a fun-filled episode uh, this, this time. Should you call me Logan Weapon X? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I've already sort of...
0: Let the cat out of the bag already in this episode. Yeah,
1: uh, we, uh, you know, uh, last couple episodes we did, we, we spent a lot of time, we had a really big, I think, epic uh, two-parter Batman uh, episode, mm-hmm. episodes, uh, that really uh, deep-dived into that whole movie franchise, and we liked that, we liked doing those so much. That was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, For us? And, yeah. <laughs> I and, don't know about... Uh... <laughs> well, and I hope that everybody has had a chance to already listen to those, but if you haven't... Uh, definitely go check it out. At Popculturerewind.podbean.com, or also do a search on uh, iTunes. Do a search for Pop Culture Rewind, and also if you have the Stitcher Radio app, uh, that's a big you know mm-hmm. podcast. Put a few on YouTube. Yes, YouTube. Uh, that, that, if it's not there already, uh, it will be there very soon. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we like to throw those up on YouTube every once in a while. So yeah. Um, but th- but thank you for for everyone who has tuned in already. Um, if you haven't, go back, listen to it, and come back to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we uh, Batman was one thing. This one, we're going to spend uh, this episode talking about the X-Men movie franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know uh, X-Men Days of Future Past, the new extended uh, Rogue Cut that's coming out. Uh, if it's not out already. Rogue Cut? Yeah. In, Why is it called the Rogue Cut? Uh, in Days of Future Past, uh, they actually... Filmed quite a few scenes and sequences with uh, Anna Paquin back as Rogue. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, I remember reading that. Yeah, and then she's like barely
1: in the thing. She's not in it. She, they took all her scenes out. She's at the end. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. Um, um. But uh, yeah, they just incorporate all the scenes back in the movie. So anyway, with that being said, I thought this would mean this might be a good time to uh, maybe review, uh, rewind, if you will, the, uh, the XCU, the the XCU, X- X-Men Cinematic Universe. Yeah. We can get the Marvel MCU. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it sounded, it sounded <laughs> cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, X-Men as a franchise is, is probably, comic book-wise, it's probably my favorite uh, franchise out there. Comic book-wise. Com- comic book-wise. Yes, wise. X-Men
0: is probably my favorite. Com- when I was a kid, I think it was Spider-Man. Over the years, as I got older, X-Men became my favorite book. Yeah. So If I go um, back,
1: I mean, X-Men's, X-Men was my first comic book that I got into. I had the video games, uh, the cartoon. Obviously, we've, we discussed the, mm-hmm. com- the cartoon on a, a couple episodes before. Um, but... In, I always had an Infinity Forks X
0: Savior uh, Professor X Ben. I was I was Professor X. Yes, yeah. totally. So I'm I, sure you thought that. Had, yeah, <laughs> people always assume that. Like people always assume that I like X Files. I don't know why, because of my name <laughs> because I because like, I go X is like a nickname. I go by X. So people always just assume that I like X Ben and X Files
1: and things like that. Yeah, I don't know, but whatever. If you ever <laughs> have like a filing cabinet and you have a lot of files in there, then that needs to be labeled the X Files. But, <laughs> okay. but until then, no. Okay. <laughs> Um, But, you know, throughout the years, you know, X-Men, especially with the cartoon picked up in the 90s, uh, that's when the popularity of X-Men really kind of blew up um, to the point where there was always rumors of, hey, wouldn't it be cool if there was an X-Men movie? Uh, And there was always uh, wishful thinking and casting calls and things like that that would would do their own. uh, I think Wizard Magazine did, I think, one or two, like, casting calls of, like, you know, fictitious X-Men movies if they could could cast their own movies if they were to make one. Do you you remember any of them? <laughs> off the top of your head. I Yeah, it's funny. You know, I
0: bet you anything Patrick Stewart. Yeah, Patrick Stewart was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing they got right.
1: Have yeah. uh, I remember one. Again, this is the 90s. Uh, they had a, what, Glenn Danzig as Wolverine. You know uh, what? I'll totally buy that. I would too. Yeah, if, definitely.
0: If, if you remember the band Danzig yeah, exactly. and, and yeah. what he looked like, he was a big guy, very hairy, with the big mutton chops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that kind of sounds that like Wolverine. Was probably, <laughs> that was probably the only reason. Because you know what? This is a big guy with
1: mutton chops. uh, uh Ruger Hauer as Magneto, I think. Uh, I'll buy that. Uh, Rebecca De Mornay is uh, White Queen. Um, I guess at the time. Yeah. Again, '90s. Yeah. You know. Um, there were some other ones. I, I that's the ones that are come off the top of my head. Okay. Oh, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is Gambit. Well, <laughs> he's French, or he speaks French. Yeah.
0: Um, you, it's just he can't act. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, yeah. He, he looks good throwing kicks and shit. I'll give him that. He can, he can do a split like nobody's business. Yeah. But uh, Gambit's got to be really charming and suave. And, you know, I love Van Damme. trying <laughs> trying not, not trying to <laughs> knock Mr. Van Damme here, but... He can do so much. He could, Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> whatever. I yeah, don't know. Tell yeah, me I'm wrong. <laughs> <right>? You're wrong. <laughs> but we don't have to worry about those casting calls anymore because in the nope. year 2000, mm. uh, they... Uh, that we finally got our, an actual X-Men movie. Uh, yeah. like You were saying how they got really popular in the 90s,
0: that when this big wave in the last 15 years of comic book movies, it kind of kicked... This is what kicked it all off. Yeah. Um, Batman and Robin in 1997 kind of killed the DC movies. Warner Brothers... Warner Brothers owns all of DC. Yeah. And that movie was so abysmal, DC, Warner Brothers kind of said, we're not going to be making any comic book movies for a while. And then New Line, Done. yeah, New Line came up with Blade yes. in nineteen eighty nine. Was it nineteen ninety eight? Ninety eight. Okay. Yeah. Now, a lot of people want to give Blade, blah, blah, Blade credit for, for being the one that start, started all this. But to be certainly, you know, to be fair, it was a rated R movie, mm-hmm. so it wasn't playing by comic book rules. Nobody knew it was a comic book movie, right? And it's about killing vampires, which is a concept. I, I guarantee you, like most of the people who saw Blade, weren't aware they were <laughs> watching a comic book movie. But most of the people who saw X-Men in theaters were aware that it was a comic book property. Yeah. So I kind of want to give X-Men... I, I, in my mind, they are the ones who kind of spearheaded... Mainstream. Pioneered, if you will, this huge wave. Because it was about two years later, yeah. and then Spider-Man. Right. The first Spider-Man came out in 2002. Yeah. So those two movies, it was like a one-two punch, bam, bam, between uh, Fox and then Sony... And all of a sudden, oh my God! Comic book movies are become a thing, and now mm-hmm. fast forward ten years, we live in an age where it's new comic book movies every other month. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, and and you can kind of trace it all back. In a
1: way, an argument can be made to X Men Two Thousand. I, I, yeah, I agree one hundred percent. The only, th- yeah, I will the uh, the Blade thing that was probably like a test run, maybe not so much. Yeah, for the because the studio execs they wanted to kind of test a
0: kind of. I mean, but you just put Wesley Snipes. An R-rated movie killing vampires, and not make it. I'll come not make a blade, right. but just right there, that will probably sell. True, just yeah. as a movie. Yeah, you know your average movie go will be like, "What's these types of killing vampires?" And saying, "Motherfucker, I'll buy that." <laughs> you know, you got my ten bucks. right Well, this was nineteen seventy. You got my like six fifty, <laughs> however much it cost back then.
1: Right. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, X Men year two. X Men year two thousand. Uh, In the year two thousand. <laughs>
0: But it doesn't take place in 2000. It takes place in the not-too-distant future. future. (laughs) So they can have, like, dorky cell phones and things like that because it's it's the future.
1: Yeah, because timelines won't become a factor in these movies at all. (laughs) We'll get into that later. Um, (laughs) But this was the catalyst for, I think, modern, you just mentioned modern comic book movies. Kind of taking reign for everything here. Um, One big thing that was a concern for... Making an X Men movie was, yeah. If you try to translate these these characters into movie characters, it's gonna look kind of silly. Uh, Visually, just, yeah, I, I would think so. Back going back before this movie's ever made, you gotta think you know Wolverine and tight yellow yellow spandex, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> Magneto in his purple. Yeah, red, pink, yeah, red and purple. Yeah,
1: yeah. it would look kind of silly if they went if they translated it straight from the comics. Mm-hmm. So this was the first time they they took a comic movie and they kind of strayed from the actual traditional looks and made it yeah, their own. The like, leather, black leather. So yeah,
0: like we both said, we're big fans of the comic, and I'm and I'm going to say I have little gripes with this whole franchise. A lot of it comes from the fact that I know the books. Yeah, and when they stray, I'm not going to hit them on everything because I know that you're trying to sell a movie to the masses and things like that. Right. But w- sometimes they stray really far unnecessarily, mm-hmm. and that's when the, the in, that's when the nerd in me, you know, comes out and I'm like, wrong, that's, <laughs> you, you failed, wrong, you wrong, failed, wrong, wrong, failed, wrong, box. wrong. <laughs> you failed, Brian Singer, <laughs> you failed me. Um, so I'm just going to put that little caveat out there. <laughs> I might
1: get a little passionate about some dorky shit that nobody cares about, but um, yeah, it's kind of hard not to with these movies because we are big fans. And yeah. It's, um, I think you 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 make a good point about these fan these. If it wasn't for the fans, you know, we may yeah, not... these movies probably would have never made, had been viable um properties. Yeah. yeah, and if you're making these fan if you're making these movies for the fans, why why not give a little back, you know? And yeah, well, okay, well, try a little harder, I guess. <laughs> okay, well, okay, well
0: X Men Two Thousand. I want to say for its time, what it took itself seriously. It was mm-hmm. a very departure from what at the time was only. Superman and Batman were pretty much the only comic book movies. Yeah, we had a Punisher. legit we, Yeah, big mainstream. We had stream, Punisher. Yeah. We had a couple of TV movies, like the, the Trial of the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think. I think. Uh, I think Daredevil was in that one. Thor was, I think. One of them two was he. He was in both of them. In the yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I got a, I got a kick out of seeing uh, Daredevil and, and Thor fighting right next to Luther Egnor. Right. Shit. Yeah. But so this one was very. Um, it took itself seriously. It was mm-hmm. grounded in kind right. of a reality more. This is before the Batman, before the Nolan Batman movies came out. Yeah. yeah. So this one was very grounded. So I kind of at, at the time I still do appreciate what Brian Singer did. He took it seriously. Brian Singer, up till that point, had only done, like, The Usual Suspects and, I think, Apt Pupil, maybe some That's what he was known right, for. Yeah. And these were some serious drama-type Usual movies. Suspects is what I knew him from. Yeah. yeah, these were not... You don't look at him and think he would do a great comic book movie. Mm-hmm. He would do, like, a great drama and a great serious movie. So, And I think that's the tone they wanted when they hired him but for he was a big,
1: Wasn't he a fan? Like, he was, he was a comic was he? book fan. I, think I don't know about so. that. Uh, he, he may
0: have been. Mm.
1: Well, um, the in going back to the looks, it was... This movie was it was actually so successful that um, the comic book sales at the time weren't doing so well, so what they did was they actually kind of, I don't want to say, no, they didn't reboot the comic book series, but they just did a big kind of makeover, and the comic books actually followed suit, and they got all the black leather costumes in the comics and everything, so, <laughs> so they actually changed the official comic continuity timeline of, of making them more in line with the mainstream Hollywood movie, so... Hmm. And that lasted for several years, and they eventually went back to the costumes, you know, that we know. But
0: I don't think I was reading too many of the books in two thousand.
1: So. No, a, no, a whole lot of people weren't. Matter of fact, I think that was <laughs> right before Marvel. They were going for bankruptcy. I mean, that was a bad Ooh. time for Marvel. So it's just that
0: sentence, Marvel's going bankrupt. Right? <laughs> it yeah, sounds crazy to yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but do you want to jump in a little bit, talk about the movie itself. We kind of we kind of set the landscape of two thousand and where it was. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the, like I said, it's a really good movie, really well done, I should say. And it, now the opening scene. It starts out in like Poland at a concentration camp, right? In the rain, we got Jews running through mud, or tra- you know, and there's Nazis with their machine guns, and I'm watching this like, holy shit, this is a this is a comic book movie. It's just a really serious, and they're really serious, going it's legit hardcore, yeah. 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 And, and and it turns out, I mean, again, my little nerd brain in the theater is like, this is Magneto. Very we're right. gonna see <laughs> we gonna see all Magneto
1: who who as soon as you say Poland 1945 and you see concentration camps, okay, where's Magneto? Yeah, where's young <laughs> little kid Magneto? Right. And it's it's a cool it's
0: a cool uh, scene where he first gets, gains some of his powers, yeah. and then we jump ahead and we, we're introduced to our next character, Suki, as Rogue, <laughs> or, uh, Anna Paquin, yeah, as Suki, as, as as Rogue. I'm sorry, she's just probably gonna be Suki to me. Um, trying out a southern accent, yeah, not really fully committing to it, and she kind of eventually loses it. And we get another scene of of her gaining her powers too, in a, right. And they show one of them, the kid, his his family is getting marched off to a death camp. Another girl, she's in a room kissing her boy for the first mm-hmm. time. But at this, both of them, their their powers are manifesting. So they're kind of showing that, like, all across the world, all across time, all across cultures, and everything like that, mutants are just popping up. Yeah, just random. So it, it was a good way to
1: sort of describe this world, to describe what mutants are. You can even say that. I don't want to say that would be foreshadowing or anything, but starting off with Magneto and Rogue, and then the way the movie ended with Magneto using Rogue. Oh, I never really thought about that. Kind of they yeah. do they are kind of at the pivotal scene at the end.
0: And then we're, we we cut up in in to a, like a Senate hearing where Dr. Right. Jean Grey played by Fomke Janssen who as Jean Grey who's a big part of the series. What did yeah. you think of her?
1: I uh, yeah, I had a link for her. Back in that, that time. You break. did? Yeah. Oh, I was the opposite. Really? I was like her. <laughs> she
0: was I thought she was she was like 35 in the first yeah. movie and I yeah. was and Scott, uh, James Marsden, who plays uh, Cyclops, is like 27. Yeah. She's like 35, and I was, she was a little too, old. I, to sound, I sound like a movie executive. Like, you know, she's too old. But she was, she was too old. She was too old. Too old to begin the training. So she plays, she, so we meet her as Jean Grey. We made we meet, James, well, we don't meet James Marsden yet. Okay. At this Senate hearing, Xavier's there, yeah. and he sees a guy walking out in a coat and hat, mm-hmm. and he follows him. And, it, and then he pulls up, and he's it turns out that that's old Magneto, right. and this is old Xavier. Ian McKellen is Magneto. Sir Ian McKellen. Sir Ian McKellen <laughs> and Sir Patrick Stewart, we should right. say. And they're having this, he's talking to the back of Ian McKellen, and he's like, you know, what would you have me do, Charles? And he points to his head, are you sneaking around and here, Charles? <laughs> and I'm looking for hope, and he turns around, and I would bring you hope old friend. And I'm like, "Oh my god, these are actors." Right, yeah. Really <laughs> acting in a in a comic book movie. This that scene is what like, I mean, as earnest as that opening a Holocaust scene was, it was a scene of these two well-respected actors really acting and doing as, the sim- not throwing it in, right. doing the scene justice, doing these characters justice. I was like, this is going to work. This Establishing
1: their characters right then and there. Old friend and this and that. Yeah, and this it like, was just so well done. I got goosebumps. You could already, see, you could already
0: feel the history
1: between yeah. the two. Just that one scene. It's it's only like 10 minutes in the movie, so
0: I'm still rocking a little bit of a buzz. So I'm like, really? <laughs> into this scene. And I'm like, I got goosebumps. You know, I just don't get in my way. And right. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. I got goosebumps. Unfortunately, the movie kind of goes a little downhill. after. I mean, it's just not as... Or maybe my buzz were off. <laughs> that,
1: that's Well, that set the tone. I mean, that...
0: Yeah, it set the tone. It yeah. was a great scene between these two. These two, it, They legitimized just the casting of yeah, these two great absolutely. actors in
1: and, these iconic roles. Yeah, and Patrick Stewart as Xavier. I mean, we diminished him a few minutes ago. I mean, that was like the obvious...
0: Yeah, although I got to admit, in hindsight, looking back, I mean, isn't he a little too on the nose for casting? <laughs> because
1: he looks like Xavier.
0: He sounds like Xavier. All Patrick Stewart had to do to become Xavier, to, to inhabit the role, is sit down. <laughs> I just keep seeing Patrick Stewart too much. If if he didn't rock a bald head all twenty four seven as Patrick Stewart, <laughs> you never know, help you know. If he shaves his head for the role, and, yeah. and I look at him, oh, that's when he's in his, his he's in his Xavier mode. But he looks like Patrick Stewart sitting down. Did you okay? Well, that, that's, that's he doesn't fair change enough. his accent. He doesn't do you know. Would he you, doesn't get intense. Um, did you did you think
1: as good as Ian McKellen was? Did you think that he was too old for Magneto? Okay. When I heard the casting. Okay. If you know Magneto in the books, he's got
0: the white hair, but he looks he is built, he's jacked, he looks like a man in his prime. He looks like he doesn't look like a frail old man like Ian McKellen. He looks like he can whoop some ass. Right. (coughs) At the time I didn't know much about Ian McKellen except from the movie Gods and Monsters, which he and apt people Apt people, yeah. yeah. But in Gods and Monsters he plays James Whale, who was an openly gay film director in like the forties. So the whole movie, uh, Ian McKellen is acting proper gay, very fancy gay. You know, and that's what I saw him in. He's amazing in that movie. Mm. I thought he was brilliant. But that's pretty much what all I knew him from. Uh, I, don't even, I wasn't even sure if I knew that Ian McKellen was openly gay at the time. Mm. Um, so I thought, like, they're hiring that, that skinny, scrawny little little guy who played the gay man? <laughs> really? Like, he's a brilliant actor, but I don't know. I, I had Magneto, comic book Magneto in right. my head. Right, yeah. So I'll admit, I wasn't really on board, I was skeptical, and I thought Brian Singer had just done that people with Ian McKillen, oh, he's just casting his friends,
1: you know. But then again, if you then go back to think about, okay, wait a minute, if this is a movie grounded in reality, uh, and this guy was part of the concentration champs back in 45 yeah, yeah he would be a little on the two. Overst- yeah, <laughs> yeah, he probably would be closer and to... if he controls metal, he wouldn't need to be all big and bulky, he can just do everything with his hands. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: in comics, everybody's big and bulky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, right away, at least... After that scene, I was like, "Okay, I'm sold. I'm yeah. sold on Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart. Really, yeah. Any doubts were washed away at that point. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But like Patrick Stewart, who I love, and I was on board. I just, I didn't think that at the time that it was too on the nose. Looking back, I, I start to think that. But, um, but at the time, two thousand, year two thousand, in the theater, it was both of these actors giving yeah. me goosebumps. Yeah. It's an amazing scene. So that's all good to go.
1: Um, uh, what other, okay, who else was introduced in these series? Well, let's go with it, right? The star of the whole franchise, Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Oh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's as well. We, introduced- I would be
0: like, oh, we're gonna talk about Ray Park right now. Got right. it. <laughs> no, Hugh Jackman. Um, yeah. This this introduced the world to Hugh Jackman. to Mister Hugh Jackman. Yeah, who was a very last minute addition to yeah. the cast. It was originally going to be Doug Ray Scott.
1: That's right, yeah. That's who, right.
0: who yeah. I think is Scottish. I'm not sure. Uh, I think so, yeah. <laughs> he's a Scot, um, but I think he bailed or he was had scheduling conflicts. He wanted to be in. He wanted to play the villain of Mission Impossible 2, which which came out the same year, I think. Mm. So he, the guy, the bad guy for Mission Impossible 2 was the original <laughs> um, Wolverine, and I think he might have been a good choice. He's yeah, got, he's got like a, a gruff look to his face. Just his features look. Rough, yeah.
1: Um,
0: I don't know how he does. I, I've seen him do American accents before. Granted, Wolverine's Canadian, um, but there's always a twinge of uh, of European in his voice. Mm, um, okay. Although there's even even Wolverine's Austra- he's Australian, Hugh Jackman. Right. Even yeah. you know when he when he's when he's in the camper. And uh, Adam Paquin's like, you should put on your seatbelt. He's like, look, kid, I don't need advice
1: on how to drop. <laughs> Did you hear it? I, mean, I... I could hear it. Really? <laughs> yes, okay. I could totally hear it. When it he yeah. was just paying homage to the old 1989 uh, Pride <laughs> of the X-Men cartoon. <laughs> when Wolverine you can't make her
0: an X-Men. She's just a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crikey. I'm going to go slay a dingo with my claws now.
1: That is a real thing. Wolverine was Australian in a cartoon. Yes. <laughs> uh, do a YouTube search, uh, Pride of the X-Men, if you P R Y D E. Yeah, pride of the X Men. Yeah. great cartoon. Yeah, it was. We we man, we watched the hell of of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: um, it's, it looks a little GI Joe ish the animation, yeah. but, but it's good cartoon. But, okay,
1: okay, but getting back to Hugh Jackman. <laughs> okay, his, when we first see him, went off there. Yeah, he's 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 in a pretty much a pit fighting stage. Pretty much, he's, he's, he's in a steel cage and, match in a bar. Yeah, run. yeah, and uh, he's fight club in it. First thing we noticed Well, first thing I noticed he's really tall. <laughs> Yeah,
0: you're right. I, Wolverine in the comics is supposed to be like 5'6 or something. shorter than that, I think. Like 5'4 not, not, or something. Yeah, yeah. not a tall not man. Just kind of short and stocky. But in all fairness, how many A-list or lead... How many actors in general are that tiny? Like, would you, what, you want Jason Schwartzman to be Wolverine? <laughs> Although I'd buy that. <laughs> I'd buy a ticket to see Jason Schwartzman be Wolverine. Short and stocky. Yeah, <laughs> Michael J. Fox as Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> so, i give him a pass on that. Okay. You know... Come on, yeah. it's
1: hard to find And, and besides the height thing They got his for, for all intents and purposes for ground reality They got the hair and the, the, the... Yeah Wolverine <laughs> in the books Has a very unique haircut That you doesn't think? translate well in real life
0: yeah. And I, I they, they did kind of get it right But at the risk of making Hugh Jackman Look kind of silly <laughs> He looked a little silly with that haircut Oh, well. But, but no, it's true because as the series goes on, as Wolverine evolves, they learned it's not about the hair; it's about the sideburns. Right. It's about the mutton chops. In, in, in you know, in, in the Wolverine and his spinoffs, he has normal haircuts, but as long as you got those mutton chops, that's Wolverine. I think he looked the best in the Wolverine, like facial wise. I mean, yeah, he looked yeah normal, he, I guess. Yeah. But they were still trying to get the haircut that kind of fans and points. Yeah, in the back of your head. I can't
1: describe it. Um. I always took it like when I was a kid. I always took it like because in the comics he had the mask, you know, and the mask had the two little. Yeah, if you have see Wolverine's yeah. mask and his hair, and I always do like he just took off like he had hat hair, like equivalent of hat hair, like. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you take off the mask and his hair was just stuck like that. Yeah, most <laughs> funny is Beast always had the exact same haircut, right? I thought that it was is, a thing. It is, yeah, it was a thing. <laughs> Wolverine had it too, I think. Wolverine or Feral or one of the two. Adam, whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nerd. No, I'm just kidding. So Wolverine, he's not as built
0: as he is in this movie. When you go back, compared to oh, how he yeah, is dude. in other movies, he was because, like I said, he was cast at the last minute. Right. So he didn't have time to hit the gym. So he's a little skinny. He makes up for later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Big time. You kind of forget. That's what makes it so crazy when you go back and watch part one. You're so used to seeing Hugh mm-hmm. Jackman as being just this beast. Well, not beast, but. Um, Whatever, okay. but I think they did I,
1: for him as the character. I think he did a good job as his, for the character of, of Logan Wolverine. I didn't have any issues with it once you get past. Okay, this is a real life Wolverine. Normal, you know. Once you get past all that, it's. Mm-hmm. I think he did good for what it was. They did. They they did one one
0: other thing that the movie kind of kind of brought in that I never really just thought about being a comic book reader is in the books. Wolverine has these yep. three little like like half ice cream cone dealies on the on the on the back of his hand <laughs> on, his his, claws, on his claws. Yeah. Well, not but, but, uh, on his hand, and the claws come out of those little holes, sort of. Sort of but this movie implied that they it was come, very
1: it was very wishy washy. Yeah, the, yeah, they came
0: out the back of his hand. This movie they show them literally breaking the skin and mm-hmm. coming out of his of his knuckles. Yeah, and and there's a scene where Anna Paquin says like when they come out, does it hurt? He goes every time. Yeah. And I like, never thought, like what if they tear through his skin to come out every single time, and you have, he has to cut his hands. Yeah. Like, I mean, he heals, so, but I thought that was a really cool idea that I just had never even thought about.
1: Again, when, when you uh, ground it in reality, the comic books aren't going to touch on that. you Because know? it's just <laughs> a cool, or the cartoon, they're not going to touch on that. It's just him with weapons, pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, you take the you, you put the science behind it, or whatever, and there you go. Just the logic. Yeah. <laughs> logic. Yeah. When you think about it for five seconds...
0: Yeah, he I, I did like it. He's a little bit of a... Well, not that he's a dickhead. Okay, well, they, he gets back to the mansion where he meets the X-Men, which consists of Storm, Cyclops, and Gene. Yeah. All three. Um, <laughs> they're, in, they're instructors. They're instructors at the yeah. school, yeah. And he's kind of a dickhead to Scott right out the gate. Mm-hmm. And anybody who knows the books knows it's kind of a love triangle, and they right. don't get along. But there's no reason for him to be a dickhead. Like, <laughs> Scott saves his life. Yeah. And then he goes, and this is Scott Summers, also known as Cyclops. Scott puts his hands out. He just looks at it like it's diseased. <laughs> He's like, I'm leaving. And he looks at Scott, and, and Cyclops, right? Grabs him by the collar of his shirt. Do you want to get out of my way? I'm like,
1: whoa, what is this guy doing to
0: you? you he save your life. I mean, I know they're trying to set it up that they don't get along because they both love Gene. But I was like, I was watching that. I watched this movie again the other day to yeah. prepare for this. And I was like, dude, Wolverine's an asshole. He's kind of an asshole to Scott Summers in this
1: movie. I thought they were kind of playing it up. Uh, it's just him just be having an attitude towards everybody, and he just Cyclops was in his way. I guess I don't know, but yeah, nah, man. We, when you look at it like that, yeah, yeah, he was kind of a <laughs> kind of an ass. <laughs> you know, it's me. Prove it. You're a dick. Why is
0: Scott a dick? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't get it. And maybe it, maybe it's because I just feel bad for James Marsden in this in this in this whole series. I like James Marsden. I like him as
1: Cyclops. Like He's to me, good. when to I heard he, his
0: casting, I was like, I'll buy that. Yeah, yeah.
1: The, the look, okay. Real quick on the on the look the glasses the the, the Oak- visor yeah uh, well first of all when he's not in costume mode he's got the little Oakleys mm-hmm. the badass look those <laughs> the, red Oakleys yeah yeah totally. dude, and I've always wanted a pair of those <laughs> <laughs> um, but the when he's in costume the visor that was a you know that's one thing that's one thing you always go to when you look at Cyclops you know is the visor in the, the big yellow visor yeah <laughs> so they they did what they did you know they made it gray with the red mm-hmm. so. Was, I was, was fine with this look. Yeah, the in the first movie it was like really big bulky around and they kind of like slimmed it down in the next. Did they change it? Yeah. I never really noticed that. Yeah, the first one is a little bit different, but um it was just a shame that Cyclops, the leader of the X-Men, mm. uh, what did what did he, contribute? he had nothing to do in this What did he movie? contribute to he had the whole franchise exactly? Nothing in this whole,
0: exactly. Yeah. Now we should say, like the problem with this movie and most of the movies is there's so many characters. Yeah. And you have to introduce them all and you don't really have time to, to really... In, to give him a proper introduction. Wolverine does because it's practically his movie. Right. But the other X-Men... There's literally characters in this movie like Toad or Sabretooth or even Mystique who get about one line apiece. Yeah. They are not you know delved into it in any way. They're just there to to do some cool special effect with their power and that's about it. Yeah. Um, when you compare what the franchise eventually does with Mystique, there's no reason she would be this quiet, <laughs> have nothing to do, nothing to contribute, yeah. you know... <laughs> But like Cyclops he really he, Can you tell me anything about his character in the, From this movie He has one good scene in this movie Kind of And it's like half a scene And that's when after Xavier is kind of in his coma And he's, oh, he's right, sort of right. just leaning over his body And he's talking to his mentor who's, who's in a coma But he's still talking to him He's like you've taught me everything I know That was ever worth knowing And, yeah. and you realize Oh he's, he really looks up to Xavier he's his mentor They establish some kind of a relationship He has with the character And he's like And if anything happens to you I'll take care of him like the students, yeah. like I'll, I'll take lead, and that was probably his best scene. I think so. Just acting against a, a you know, Patrick Stewart's probably asleep. He's an old man. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I think Nap. he's asleep, sir. Whatever, just let him sleep. <laughs> <Nap> time. <laughs> take man, two, yeah. 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 Um. So that was probably that was probably Cyclops best scene in the movie that that, that developed in the a franchise.
1: Good. Pretty
0: much, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that had any kind of character development whatsoever. This movie didn't know what to do with him. It, this franchise doesn't know what to do with him.
1: What other team member choices were there? I know we said, uh, we just talked about Cyclops. Jean Grey, we talked about her a little bit. Uh, Star- Halle Berry. Okay. <laughs> okay,
0: yeah. Um. Halle Berry. <laughs> <laughs> where to go with the, where, where, to go? Mm-hmm. Where, to, where to start with this? This is going to be maybe one of the first of a couple ongoing gripes. Okay. Like I said, um, in, that they don't get the characters right and another issue I have is, is the X-Men universe is very... It's like a Benetton ad. There's, like, Russians and Germans and Australians right. and, and Africans and all that. There's a, it's a lot of diverse races right. in this universe. In the movies, like it's, like, 95% American. Right. At Storm, as a character, right. she's from Africa. She's worshipped as an af- African goddess. Mm-hmm. She's married to the king right. of an African country. Mm-hmm. She's totally African. Right. And then the movie, she's Halle Berry. Who's was a lovely woman right. uh, but um she, she she's <laughs> how do you want to go there? she's um you know a lot of mainstream uh, <laughs> how do I how do I argue this her uh, her mom's white but that way okay she's 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 hollywood black she's a safe acceptable black
1: okay I, that's that's fair anyway I guess. you
0: know and, and I am not saying I'm not comfortable with I'm just speaking in generalities here okay. don't don't crucify me for this but when a character who's not just a black character, but an African black character. Yeah. And then you get Halle Berry, who doesn't play her as African. I think she tries to at a couple times in the movie. I think she puts on an, Af- an accent. Like, Wolverine's like, you, know, know what, uh, are you sure you're on the right side? She's like, well, at least I've chosen a side. Which I guess that's an African accent. I don't know. <laughs> but then she just says, fuck it. And then part two and three, she's just whatever. <laughs> she's just Halle Berry. So. And again, she has nothing to do. In this movie, really. There's no character development whatsoever. She's kind of just there. No. Um,
1: she witnesses uh, Senator Kelly die. <laughs> yeah.
0: So so, so that kind of runs up the X-Men. We only get, like, five. We get a couple quick... Blank... A lot of
1: cameos. Throughout this whole franchise, there's cameos out the ass. I mean, there's...
0: Yeah, well, we get, yeah. like, a little girl who walks through a wall. Yeah. That's all we get. I mean, they don't say she's Kitty. But, you know, we're like, oh, I guess that was Shadowcat.
1: And yeah. uh, what else do we get? Jubilee was... Uh... Not the first
0: one. Yeah, well, there's a
1: chick in a yellow trench coat in, in the classroom. Oh, really? Yeah. I guess, oh, I guess that was you. Oh, we get an Iceman. Yeah, Iceman. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Yeah, that's uh, okay. Sean. Sean Asmore, Asmore right? right? Yeah. yeah. I always get him and his brother
0: mixed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got twin brothers. So, yeah, yeah okay, we do get an Iceman, and he is okay. kind of established. Yeah. Um, Which, and, in a problem, way, yeah. we get a little bit of a pyro. Little kid, he, yeah, behind, yeah, he got yeah. The little
1: zippo and he creates a little fireball. Yeah, that's more that's established for the next movie, I think. But again, you're like
0: Pyro. Did he go to the X Men school? Was he a kid? Uh, that's the nerd talking. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, okay. We also get a few villains. Yeah. Notably, we've already talked about Magneto. We get uh, Rebecca Romijn Stamos. Although I don't know if she had been Stamos yet.
1: I think so. Okay. Stamos. As Mystique.
0: <laughs> okay. And uh, this is a different take. They yeah. just, you know, you're going to cast a supermodel. You're going to try and want to get her naked. Yeah, so she, she pretty much plays Mystique as being constantly naked, right. and she's all reptilian with scales and stuff. Yeah, so her scale hot.
1: She's she's only scaly on her hoo-has, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, um, which hey, that's fine. I had when I first saw that, I was like, oh, okay, I can kind of dig this Mystique. <laughs> I guess so. Um, she didn't, again, she has like one line, yeah.
0: literally, like you know, people like you are the reason I was afraid to go to school as a child, and that's it. And she had a weird like echoey. It was auto-tuned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and that was and, the only time they
1: played with that, too, I think.
0: Yeah, well, in part two, when she's Mystique, her voice just has like an... Ac- you know, I think they did a little did bit in part two. Did they? I think okay, so. Okay. I think so. Or maybe it's just like, wow, Rebecca Romijn's not being giggly. And, cause I, 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 whatever. <laughs> she's actually not a terrible actor, Rebecca Romijn. Yeah, she held her own in the movie, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I'm just being this. I mean, she's going on to do some other work. We get uh, Sabretooth, played by... What's that dude's name? Tyler
1: Creed, no, Tyler, um, Main, Tyler Main. Tyler, Maine. Tyler, May- Tyler Creed. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler- <laughs> oh, crossing, crossing names, yes. Here. <laughs> um, so he's
0: Sabretooth. He gets a couple lines, a couple growls, a couple growls. <laughs> no, he gets more than a couple
1: growls, dude. The, actually, the one scene in the in the... Uh, ticket booth or whatever it was where he gets, he sneaks up Let behind Scream him. for me. Yeah, dude, I was, I, I like, like that.
0: Yeah, but you're the, you're, he says the guy with it with a wrestling podcast.
1: <laughs> oh, that has nothing to do. With it. No, no, no. Tell
0: me, you weren't a little psyched to see a wrestler in an X Men movie?
1: He wasn't a big deal. I mean, I'd... he wasn't. I mean, I don't know. I've never even heard of him as a wrestler. Exactly. It's he's not a he's not a big. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah, true. But uh, yeah. no, just uh, you know what? He just grabbed her by the throat and you know shoved her up against the glass, screaming for me. I, don't know, was, I guess so. Kind of intense, I guess. I yeah.
0: Know. No, I mean, I guess it was a good scene. It's probably his best scene of all the villains. Yeah. It was, you know. And then we get one more, um, Ray Park. Yes, as Toad. As Toad. Um, I like Ray Park. Unfortunately, they let him talk. <laughs> with his voice. Yeah. You know, once, what, are you supposed to bring someone back with you?
1: Uh,
0: you know, he's, he's, a pretty, he's, a, he's a good fighter. He's a good gymnast. He looks great on screen, throwing mm-hmm. kicks. But all of his best roles have been silent. Yeah. He was Darth Maul mm-hmm. in Phantom Menace. He was, he was the Headless Horseman in Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. He's Snake Eyes mm-hmm. in the G.I. movies. He looks great throwing kicks on film. Just don't talk. <laughs> Please. Please So Yeah we get that Um, Unfortunately he gets more lines Than a lot of the villains (laughs) They
1: give him more than Don't you people ever die I don't know (laughs) Go pan around Maybe Brian Singer was a sucker For the little cockney accident Yeah Yeah. So uh, We've established our cast The plot of this movie Okay well they, They play a little
0: bit With the whole Mutants are just coming out and they're being really persecuted they're led by right. uh, Senator Robert Kelly a character right. from the comics right, who's, right, always, who's mostly known for being against mutants played by Bruce Davidson uh, an actor I like who was also an App Pupil again is Brian Singer going with his buddies uh, he did a good job I think as, as sort of spearheading I like him I like this, him as an actor yeah. Hate. Yeah. and then uh, so Magneto his big plot his big scheme is to he, he creates a device that he that he want, that he takes to the Statue of Liberty mm. and somehow gets it inside the torch without nobody knowing. Yeah, does he dismantle the torch? How does he get that device? Well, inside? they show
1: earlier like Toad is like spray painting like the re- the replacement piece that they're going to put this device in. Is that what he's spray painting? Yeah. Oh, that was not made clear to me. <laughs> that was not made clear to me. I never do. I thought he took was painting me,
0: his helmet because it, it was purple.
1: Uh, no, he's painting it green. But it was. It took me a few <laughs> so to figure are that out. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't know, man. Well, that was not made clear to me. Yeah. They're like, making the they're making. I was too distracted
0: by his stupid accent. Uh, <laughs> it's not a stupid accent. It's just it's distracting when you're listening to Toad, who's not British. Again, they're, they're Americanizing all... <laughs> we might be getting
1: to that later on, too. All the foreign characters,
0: <laughs> and then the one American ex- mutant they make him British. Yeah. So, so, whatever. So, his plot is to put this device in the Statue of Liberty because there's going to be a UN meeting right. at, in New York... Yeah, something like and, that. Uh, and, and, and it sends out a radiation that turns regular people into mutants. Right. So he wants to mutate, if you will, all the world leaders so the world will be run by mutants. Right. As brothers. Yes. As mutants. So it's uh, <laughs> not the worst scheme for a comic book villain to have. Right. Yeah. I guess. And uh, he needs Rogue to do it. He kidnaps
1: Rogue, so Rogue will power the machine. She, he needs, it's going to weaken him if he does it, so he needs her to absorb his power so she can do it for him, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> so we got our plot. We got our characters. I don't know. I mean, it's a good movie. The X Men have this really shitty radar that looks all metal and 3D, and they kind of beat Man of Steel to the punch with that one. <laughs> like, like you know, 13 years later, yeah. that's something I remember. Because, uh, yeah, because I remember the scene where they're going over their plan, and he, he's like, what about radar? And if they find our planes, so we get the Blackbird as well. Yeah, so that was a big that's yeah. a staple of the X Men Yeah, that, again, so there's a little bit of fan service. You know as as a comic book reader you're watching this and you're kind of excited on it. I think the climax of the film, the big climax that takes place at the Statue of Liberty is a little anticlimactic.
1: You think so? Yeah. <laughs>
0: of a, I mean it's you know it's a, it's in I don't know, it's just it wasn't as, as action heavy as it could have been. It wasn't as cool.
1: I mean, I think the, the big see, ending yeah.
0: is Cyclops, I have a shot. I'm taking it. Pew. And he, <laughs> and he
1: defeats Magneto with one laser. Yeah, I think they're I think they're banking on the Wolverine sabertooth fight that was going on. Yeah, well, I yeah, I guess so. But then the
0: movie, but then the action, the climax keeps going on. Yeah. And and the fight wasn't uh, super
1: entertaining, I don't think. They've improved how they do their fights with Wolverine as movies go on. I think this was just they didn't know how to do.
0: Well, when you got two guys who can't get
1: hurt, yeah.
0: It's kind of a stalemate watching them, you know, punch and stab each other. Yeah. Cuz how many times have Wolverine stabbed Sabretooth and it didn't seem to do a thing. I mean, cause that's cuz cause Sabretooth heals, so it's right. I don't know. I guess I, I, I wouldn't have banked on that fight <laughs> being the thing. I mean, there's this this franchise... Um, okay, well, spoiler alert, they saved the day. Okay, so that's the movie. This franchise is as good as any uh, time. You know, I'm going to get into that later. Okay. Because there's one word, continuity. Okay.
1: That's that's a fair word to use in this episode. You know, we're
0: living in the world of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right. where these guys are are intricately planning these movies and they're they're sowing seeds that will show up in two movies later and mm-hmm. and you know kevin feige you know feige kevin feige all these, you know he knows what he's doing he's got this big map planned yeah. out this movie i don't think they knew that this would be a successful i don't think they knew comic book movies will become a huge thing i think they just wrote one movie and like holy shit that was a successful movie okay well, now we need a part two oh my god that did even better and now other people are making comic book movies okay now we need a part three holy shit, this yeah. is a new world, uh, now we need a part four. I, yeah. the, it's clear the writers are going movie to movie to movie. Right, right, right. And they're not thinking ahead and whoever's assigned to a new movie is not looking back. <laughs> yeah. They're forgetting what was already done.
1: That's the one unfortunate side effect of this being kind of the the pioneer for the new era of comic book movies is trial and error. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, you know, you said right now, you know, Kevin, uh, Feige, Feige, whatever. Sure, yeah. let's go with that. Yeah, I'm sure. Like you said, he's got like a billboard, like mapped out, like red strings everywhere, mm-hmm. like tying everything together. That was there's no way that was the case back when no. this was going on. So, I mean, it's unfortunate because there are some some repercussions of that, you know, going on in these movies. More than a few, but uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, because this is the first movie, I can't say there's any continu- continuity flaws in one movie. Yeah, right. But um, you know, there's like a few things that kind of. <sighs> I mean, yeah, okay, I can't really hit this movie for it. No, I wouldn't. Just things nah, are established yeah. in this movie that later on will yeah. get sort of
1: uh, rebuked. This one gets a pass. This if movie gets will. a pass if there's any continuity issues. Yeah. Um, or any any f- comic book fan questionable issues that they might have. Yeah, and any, again, because yeah. this was
0: the first movie, you understand that they can't, like, what Marvel's doing, they have the luxury of, of translating very accurately from book to page because right. they know people are going to watch a Marvel movie. Yeah. This one was a big gamble. There was no built-in, there was no, there was no guaranteed audience. Right. No. Absolutely. So they had to change what they had to do. They had to make whatever compromises. Yes. Yes. To try and make a commercial film they could sell to the masses. So you, you cut them a lot of slack on this one. Yeah. So that being said, <laughs> it was a good movie that I enjoyed the hell out of. Oh, absolutely. Big yeah. time. Um, I remember I, I snagged it up on DVD as soon as it came out, mm-hmm. and I watched it a lot at the time. Uh, it's a good movie. I enjoy it. Still entertaining. It's still entertaining when I watched
1: it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, let's because you just mentioned it, uh, just a few years later, because this movie did so well for everything it did, we gotta have a sequel to it. Yeah. So uh, let's cut right into uh, X Men two. Oh, I mean X X two X two, yes. X two, X Men United. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think. There you go. Which came out in 03. Right. It may of right. 3 three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now our 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 mouths have been our, have been watered. Yes. we're like, okay, we know they can do an X Men movie good. Brian Singer returns. Brian Singer director. returns. Everybody, everybody. Yeah, back. the cast, all mm. the cast
1: is back. Uh, the director's <laughs> back. Yeah, so um, there's nothing you're expecting. There's a good uh, anticipation. Well, well there's, there's
0: one new addition of the cast in this film. Well, there's a few. Yeah. But uh, the movie opens mm-hmm. with a brand new character we haven't seen. And one like, that we wanted to see. One that we were really hoping. Yeah. Big fan favorite, the character Nightcrawler, played by Alan Cumming. Yeah. A really cool character actor. And he's got this amazing sequence that opens the film where he's storming the White House. Right, right. He's a teleporter, and he's teleporting, kicking ass. Like, I never realized Nightcrawler was such a badass. Exactly, right. Really. <laughs> and, and it's this great action sequence, and they're playing, uh, playing Mozart's Requiem during it, and it's just brilliant. I, I was about to say, it, it's, it's almost beautiful. It is beautiful, dude. Um,
1: The music in the background, you know, yeah, everything. It's a very well-done yeah, scene.
0: Yeah. It's only, it's the only cool thing he does in the whole movie, but it's, it's a great <laughs> way to open the film. He's yeah. try, He's about to assassinate the president. He gets, like, this close to killing the president. Right. So that's, that's a really cool way to open the film. And then we jump into all the, all the X-Men as teachers and students. And, uh, kind of more of the same from yeah, the last movie. Even. They drop a little bit of fact that um, uh, ever, since Muriel, ever since Liberty Island, uh, Jeans Telepathy is going wonky and her mm-hmm. powers are getting urge, urge, everything's just a little wonky with her powers. Yeah. But that don't that won't come back up. No, no, I'm sure. And then um then at the White House we meet we are introduced to another character, uh Brian Cox plays Colonel Colonel William Stryker. Um, <laughs> who uh, was you know, we're just gonna I'm not gonna try and tell a story as we describe the right. film. He's the guy who gave Wolverine his claws. He's the scientist. He's a character in the books, too.
1: Yeah. Uh, a little bit different in the, in the comics. Very um, different. More of a uh, minister, right? He's a, Yeah, he's like a religious,
0: religious zealot who yeah. thinks that, you know, mutants are a plague on humanity. Yeah. Friends of humanity? Is that what that... Is that what I think, think that's for some... Well, it might be for that. Yeah, it might be. But yeah, he's a religious guy who hates mutants. In the movie, they make him a scientist who's, who's a, a military scientist. So, um... um
1: but yeah, the, William Stryker... Uh, just the name striker, thats going to be mentioned. Stryker, Striker 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 Striker, 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 striker. <laughs> I love that joke. Okay, um, but that, his his that name that that's going to be um, established in this one, but it's going to carry out throughout the whole pretty franchise. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. we're going to be talking about this character a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't have to, but I mean, the movies—that's that, okay. Yeah, it. fair
0: enough. The movies yeah. talk about this character yeah. a lot. But you know why? Because he's very essential to Wolverine. And these movies talk about Wolverine a lot. There you go. He's the focus of almost every movie in this saga. There's a, a minus one.
1: There's there's a cartoon that came out a, a few years ago, really good. Well, a little bit done. It's called Wolverine and the X Men. That's what these movies should have been called. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're right. You're because right. every single movie is about Wolverine. You're, yeah, he's on the front and center of every poster. He's got the claws on every single poster. Yeah, like I mean, as much as I, I love Brian Cox,
0: but once you put him in the story, you're like. Okay, I guess this is another Wolverine movie. Yeah. We're going to delve more into Wolverine's past yeah. and Wolverine's this and These that. pesky X-Men
1: characters keep getting in the way.
0: right? And that's what sucks because we just said in the first movie, none of the other characters get to be explored. And this movie kind of suffers from the same thing. Right. None of, again, none of the characters get to be... Nightcrawler gets more exposition than the rest of the X-Men do in two movies. Right. You know, <laughs> we learn that he's very religious and we learn he was from the Munich Circus that was known as the Amazing Nightcrawler. We learn more about his characters than whatever. So... Uh, William Striker, Striker, Striker. He gets the OK from the president to to uh, go into the school and apprehend. After this assassination, he gets the OK to storm the school, if Man. you will, with all of his with all of his foot soldiers. Um, right around the time that Wolverine uh, is is. Substituting, he just came back he, from. Yeah, he just he shows was, up at the school. He was
1: trying to find this facility in mm-hmm. Canada. He couldn't find it, so he's yeah. back here. And... Cyclops
0: and Xavier are going off to go visit Magneto in prison. Jean yeah. and Storm are going off to go find Nightcrawler right. in Boston or some shit. So Wolverine's alone in the school with while all these soldiers <laughs> storm the school. And and then there's a scene where he's he's in the kitchen with Iceman and he, <laughs> he smells <right? laughs> he smells trouble. And uh, he gets into a scuffle with one of these with one of these soldiers, and he shink, pops his claws, and then bam, stabs him right in this right in the chest. Yeah. Double fisted, six six knives in a man's chest. Pulls them out. He's like, <sighs> it's the first time, maybe the only time we see Wolverine in full berserker mode, where he is I... just killing people. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, Wolverine just killed killed that dude, and he kills a lot more dudes. Oh yeah, in this yeah. scene. Um, it's a pretty cool scene to see Wolverine finally, finally, yeah, kind of, finally almost stabbing all, and yeah, just kind of letting loose a little bit. Yeah, we get a hint of another character in this scene um, as uh, Peter oh. Rasputin. Yes, um, Daniel Cudmore. Uh, he becomes kind of a staple of this series, even though he has nothing to do in like three or four movies. Yeah, it's a shame because he's a big fan favorite. He is, and and I gotta admit when I saw him you know knock open up that door walk in and then do, 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 his <laughs> yeah. metal shows all up and they start shooting him and he looks at his own body like even he wasn't even sure that yeah. that bullet, because he's probably never tested it. <laughs> even he looked almost surprised that he didn't even get hit. And then, boom! They show two guys go through a wall, and that's it. That's we it. literally get about two seconds of Colossus. Yeah, we get about like a full minute. Granted, that was a, was a great, yeah, wonderful. Was, yeah, it, it moved a little bit when I saw <laughs> when I saw Colossus metal do that stuff. It, it moved a little bit, but that's all we get. We get we get about a whole minute of Daniel Cudmore shirtless, which yeah, I guarantee a few ladies like that. um He's, a, lot of, a lot of people might know him He's also in the Twilight franchise As one of those vampires I don't know what else he's done I, I don't know But uh, like, they're evacuating all the students To a secret tunnel And Wolverine gives him Like one of the kids Who's stunned And he goes I can help you And Wolverine goes Help them I'm like no, no! <laughs> I, I wanted to see a Colossus Wolverine Team up Kicking all these asses Throwing fastball specials not, All over yeah, the place yeah, man absolutely. And then he's like Help them Oh, <laughs> it, it stopped moving <laughs> After that point it's not moving. But uh yeah, we again we get we get a few more fan favorites or like well like Colossus and I think we see Kitty again running yeah. through walls and I guess we get Siren. Yeah. Who, she wakes up and starts screaming and yeah. she starts breaking you know, You're everybody's right. like ah so all we're really getting is, is just one random mutant showing a power. And that's but what again, I'm saying
1: before. We're getting a lot of cameos. We get a yeah, lot yeah, I,
0: I, I guess you could call these cameos. Yeah, just sprinkles out throughout the whole mm-hmm. uh, franchise. So Wolverine with uh with Iceman, Rogue and a new addition we also met. We talked about a little bit before we get Pyro. Right. The little yeah. kid who can uh, control fire. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a bad seed. Yeah. When we yeah. first introduced, he's uh using his powers while they're on a field trip burning up burning up bullies and kids like that. He's he's a bad seed. Well, we we know him from I, I knew him from the cartoon. Uh he's part of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yeah, he's is he an Australian in in the in the comics or cartoons? Um I don't he's know. not American. No, no, no. He's, he's either Australian or British, but he's American here. Yeah, and a go. And he went to Xavier School apparently. Yeah. So them four escape the school, and uh, they decide to head to Iceman's home in Boston. In Boston, something like yeah. that. Boston, Chicago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Boston. My family. My parents live in Boston. Yeah. So they so they get to Iceman's house, where Iceman's family shows up. Apparently, he's never told them he's a mutant. So that mutant. quote unquote mutant, he's <laughs> he's a mutant. So he he has to have a, a coming out scene, yeah, in it, and it's it's uh it's Metaf- fine, metaphoric, I guess. It's a it's a little on the nose. Yeah. Uh, Brian Singer is is a is a gay man, and um, so this scene was written, I think, to kind of be a metaphor for that. You know, he's telling his parents he's a mutant. His his mother and father, we still love you, Bobby. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever tried? Not being a mutant. Yeah, yeah that line was. Like that. Yeah, I get it. It's a little too on the nose. We know. Well done, singer. We get it. Um, it's fine. It's fine. It's a fine scene. Um, so Iceman's brothers call the cops. They show up. Some some wackiness ensues, and uh, they end up hooking up with Gene and 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 a Nightcrawler and all that. And then there's like a
1: we get more exp- more plot things we get like more that. plot yeah. things move along. Yeah. They
0: get shot out the air by the military. Mm-hmm. And they're, and they're gonna crash <laughs> I mean they're flying all through the air It's a whole Top Gun scene They get a missile uh, And they're crawling down They're gonna crash And then vroom, They stop in midair Thank god they landed right at Magneto's feet <laughs> Who just happened to be in the middle of the woods right? Just standing there yeah. in, c- in, case a jet, in case the X-Men Were just flying along <laughs> And got hit by a missile And were about to crash
1: I would love to see like a, a little a, a side little movie like starring Benito and Mystique. Just how you deleted scenes? Yeah, like how they're just walking around the woods. They're, yeah, how <laughs> <laughs> they got to that spot? They're, they're making s'mores in the woods.
0: Is that the X Jet? Oh.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then they all hook up and decide to storm uh, Striker's base, uh, where he's also kidnapped some mutants. Right, and he's also kidnapped Xavier. We should say okay. That's okay. Oh, there's yeah, a scene we yeah. forgot. My um, has been in prison this whole time, and xavier and he and striker striker's been interrogating him, learning about cerebro and all that shit and wow some weird brainwashed
1: things he puts a little drops. He, yeah he has like and the, that's the whole thing throughout this whole movie like he's like brainwashing a, he's got everybody brainwashed <laughs> yeah, yeah everybody, everybody. <laughs> uh,
0: so he he kidnaps Xavier and Scott brainwashes them, yeah, with the help of his brainwashed <laughs> mutants <laughs> um Kelly Hugh plays. Mm-hmm. They never say Lady Deathstrike, do they? I think they say Deathstrike. I think. I don't think so. He's, he calls her Yuriko. Okay. So it's established that that's who she is. Right. They give us her real name. So she's a character, also a character from the books. Uh, mostly a Wolverine villain. Uh, not gotta, a, I, I got a thing for Hughes, so whatever yeah, shows up. Yeah, she, she was lovely in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, this is me being a little nerdy. In the books, she's not a mutant. She's mm-hmm. a cyborg. Right. Um, in the movie, they make her a mutant with Wolverine's powers. Who's brainwashed? Right, and her power is is she could heal, but she's also got like retractable adamantium
1: fingernails. Right, that's her retractable thing. adamantium. That's her deal. In the comics, she she, she has claws. She does have adamantium claws. Yeah, but um, and that's actually something that they they threw away in the in the movie series also was the fact that it was her father that created the adamantium process. Yeah, yeah.
0: And did Wolverine kill him?
1: Probably, <laughs> I know that. It's, it's know safe to assume, yes. They say that on the cartoon. That's what yeah, yeah. I don't know if the cartoon is canon. They, they, yeah, he killed him because that's why she vin- has vengeance out for him. I don't know, yeah. but I, I, I'm not an expert
0: on her, but I know enough about her to know that the movies fucked her up. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, there. yeah. There's there's me and my and we're gonna see more of that too down the road. Yeah, big time,
1: big time. They're going to fuck up a lot of characters. Um, she's barely a character. You, you know, we just she has no lines. Yeah, well, you just mentioned something else about uh, Cyclops and Xavier uh, being captured. They, they did nothing with these characters in this movie. No. And it's such a shame, because I said it before, I love James Marsden as Cyclops. I think yes. there's so much potential that they didn't tap into in this whole franchise. He gets... Okay, one of the problems with this is is, is Xavier
0: specifically... Cyclops is a little bit in this too, but in all three movies... He gets sidelined in the first act. Yeah. In the first movie, he they, they like uh, booby-trap Cerebro, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, he uses it, and he falls down. He's in a coma for the entire right. film. In this movie, he gets captured really early, and he's prisoner yeah. for the entire film. And the same thing happens in the next film, which we'll get yeah. to in that in a minute. But the point <laughs> is they keep just fucking putting, him, putting Xavier on the sidelines, and, and Cyclops 2, in 2 yeah. and Part 3.
1: Yeah. It's not uh, well. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's get right into it because I think. Well, before we move on, X Men and X Two, I think arguably the, the the two better films of this franchise. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're the best, well done. Yeah, and, and it, because after this point, that's when we start seeing different creative people coming in, different takes on what they want to see as X Men and mutants and this and that, um, and it really starts to veer off at this point. But I think up until then, I think X Men 1 and X Men 2 are very good additions to. This movie had some really good scenes.
0: Some really, you know, there's one scene, really quick. Um, uh, one of my favorite scenes in this movie where Magne- they grudgingly accepted Magneto on their team and he's flying. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And uh, we've already talked about the bad seed, the little kid Pyro. Yeah. And he's talking to him. And uh, little kid, he, he, uh, he's got this little Zippo that he's always playing with. Right, and Magneto, right. like, brings a Zippo. He's like, what's your name? John. What's your real name, John? Your mutant's name, you know. And he's like Pyro, and he goes, you know, quite a talent you have there, Pyro. And he, get, and he hands right. a very supplicative gesture. He gives him back his lighter. He's like, you're a god among insects. Never forget. Never forget. Don't, don't let anyone tell you yeah. different. Something like that. I don't yeah. know. But it's a great scene where he. You could tell he just turned this kid. You yeah. just turn an X Man into a bad guy. Talk
1: about cult leader, man. Well, yeah, exactly. He's
0: got that charisma, and Ian McKellen is, is just a good actor. It's a good scene. It's a great scene. You really can buy it. Mm-hmm. Granted, we know he's a bad seed, but you can see. you know, pro- probably saw that in him. Yeah,
1: like Pyro didn't need like arm twisting or anything. Yeah. yeah, he goes, "This
0: is like I'm not going to waste my time with Bobby. He, you know, he loves Charles, but this kid, he he doesn't know what he believes in. So I'm going to give him something to believe in. Yeah. And it's just, if it's my cause, all the better. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a really good scene, too. This movie has some really good scenes in it.
1: Yeah. And the subtleties in that one, after the fact, after Magneto just did that speech, like him and Magneto kind of look at it, like you look at each other, like, yeah, we got him. Him and Mystique? Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, Mystique, yeah. Him yeah. and Mystique. And they just kind of look at each other, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> There's just one very more, s- very subtle. Yeah. One more notch in the belt. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, X Men 2, uh, pretty good movie. Uh, just for plot purposes, it ends with Jean, um sacrificing herself. Right, right. To, to save the whole thing she gets uh, the, they're, they're all fighting at a dam dam blows a big old water comes in and she gets swept away and kills herself because she
1: has to like hold back the water in time for them to like, get out
0: yeah and then she's doing it she's getting a little fiery eyes yeah. and she's, start, and she's if,
1: starting to flame on a little bit fanboys are freaking <laughs> out at this point right yeah comic book friends I'm like oh okay We're, where are we going with this you know? or they're like me going that's where you're going with this but whatever <laughs> <laughs> It, it may have been a little bit too soon, but, um... Too soon? Yeah. Well, and, of course, water, like you just said, washes over. And then we see, like, later on, like, underneath the water, like, the little... I guess there's, like, a fire imprint, like, underneath the water.
0: Yeah, just the shape. An orangey, birdy, yeah. shapy, timey wimy, sort of a <laughs> sort of a thing. Uh. <laughs> and then, dun-dun, it ends. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah. Okay. No, this no post credit scenes. Movies haven't, haven't started to do that yet. Oh yeah. No. This. Not yet. Is, yeah. <laughs> and then um, okay, so then we jump into part three of the franchise, in which th- this was yeah, in which we get a new director.
1: Yeah, because uh, Brian Singer he left to go uh, prosper out to
0: do uh, Superman Returns. Superman Returns. Yeah. So yeah, he leaves the franchise to go do that. Yeah. And X Men Part Three, X Men: The Last Stand, yeah. is left in the capable hands of <laughs> Mr. Brett Ratner. Who at this point is mostly just known for doing rush hours? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Brett Ratner, um, <laughs> would you put? Okay. Now this this movie is clearly a step backwards, or, or you know, it's it's not it's, it sucks. <laughs> Do
1: you put that all on his shoulders, Mister Ratner? A little bit. I mean, like you you said it on another show, another episode that you're gonna if there's movies that's bad, you're gonna put the blame on the director. Yeah,
0: and the writer. Yeah. A little bit too. Um, and I gotta admit I think the writing Is also really bad Too much There's too much Going on in this movie
1: Oh yeah There's a lot going on this There's movie. a lot going on In this movie Yeah um, But there's some There's some major sins Committed in this In this movie Yeah This, this is where This is where the movies Start to Really take a A, a steep dive Yeah And and we and it, I was gonna try to find Ways of defending this movie I, I looked for some Redeeming Qualities <laughs> I found none <laughs> <laughs> Okay um,
0: Alright let's jump Okay Brett Ratner's new director Let's jump into it Now the opening of this scene Opening of this movie Is a scene that takes pl- It's supposed to take place Like 20 years earlier Or something like that I don't know if there's a little 20 years earlier Caption at the bottom But it's clearly We get a young Not a young We get a CGI De-aged <laughs> Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen They're yeah. supposed to be Younger men Right It's still them You can tell it's them They just look Creepy They're meant to look younger. They just look creepy.
1: This is roughly going to be... Well, X-Men 3 roughly takes place from 2007. Uh, This flashback is going to take place from between 81 and 85. So somewhere in that range. Okay. Well, the point is
0: they're older, men, Right. Probably in their 40s, 50s, I guess. Yeah. I don't know what. But they are together... They're still working on building their school. It's implied that they've been friends for probably years at this point, mm-hmm. And they're going to recruit a young Jean Grey, who's like a little 10-year-old girl. And I think Magneto even says, we're not going to have to meet everyone in person, all we, Charles? So it's implied <laughs> that he's working hand-in-hand with Charles to, to recruit students for a school. It's a whole thing that they're doing hand-in-hand, and they go and skip afterwards. So they meet a young Jean, mm-hmm. who's like crazy powerful. And then for, and then for we then we just jump ahead. Yeah, uh, to to the future, post-apocalyptic future where Sentinels are running around, the X Men are fighting them. Wait, this is—we're not talking about Days of Future Past. No, no, no. Well, oh, well, we are a little bit. This this whole scene of the X Men battling <laughs> no. in a post-apocalyptic future was a nod to the book Days of Future Past. And At le- the time,
1: let's and let's give okay, the, let's give the Devils due here. Brett Ratner, I know one thing. Brett Ratner's that- the devil. <laughs> yeah, <much>. I agree. <laughs> the- Brett Ratner is the devil. <laughs> The one thing that a lot of people wanted to see in the first two movies, and I think even uh, Singer wanted to put this in the second movie, but time constraints and things, he couldn't do it. Uh, but fans wanted to see The Danger Room. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I think, what, Sentinels? I think that was another thing that fans wanted to see. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, it's not something you just throw in a quick wink. Right. Hey, did you
0: catch that Sentinel? Yeah. Because, I mean, it's a major thing. But The Danger Room could have yeah. easily been put in there. Yeah. And this movie does The Danger Room. And in their scenario is 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 sort of a little wink of Days of Future Past because right. yeah. it's all post apocalyptic and they they end up, well they throw a Sentinel head in there yeah. just the head of a Sentinel, but so, so so they're doing this train simulation and they're walking away, and then a you know, computer voice goes like "simulation over" and then everything around them just disappears into nothingness and they're in an empty room. Yeah. To me. That was a little too fucking. Just because you got Captain Picard in your movie doesn't even mean you can add a fucking holodeck, okay? You can't just have t- t- tangible three D holograms that you can that that it creates holographic fire to the point that Wolverine was lighting a cigar against it, okay? That it was just it was come on, come on, a holodeck that that won't be around to the twenty fourth century or whatever. If you if you want, to. I know that was like as cool as it is. Again, people have told me this more than once in my life that I overthink things, but As cool as that was, I was like, come There's on There's some dude. things
1: that it works on in, in comic books, it works in cartoons It's not going to translate very well to live action when you have a grounded reality Yeah, I mean, exactly They, they took away the yellow spandex because it would look stupid
0: on film mm-hmm. So they got rid of it I think a fucking hollow deck looks <laughs> stupid on film So they should have gotten rid of that too uh, okay, so, um again, might as well just start out with the new characters we get in this movie. Uh, another fan favorite that people were always wanting was Beast.
1: Yes. And yeah. we got
0: that in Kelsey Grammer. And I like, okay, you know what? I said I'd try to find some... Redu- I like Kelsey Grammer as, as Beast. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I mean, anybody who watched Frasier for that decade it was on knows that he can play an educated, eloquently spoken, or whatever.
1: Yeah, and you look back at the old X-Men cartoon in the 90s... Uh, you can see that. Yeah, Kelsey totally. Kramer, I yeah. bought him as Beast. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah so he, he's a good choice. Yeah. We're on board with Beast. And, and they and even and did, they did a little more fan service. They started off him upside down. Like, it looks like he's normal, and then the camera pans around, and he's upside down. He's, he's hanging like, upside yeah. down with his feet. That it was,
0: that was that, a little, little nod to the fans. Yeah. Area. They come into his office, and it's like, the president's ready for you now, because he's, he's like a secretary of mutant affairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on, like, the White House a, staff or something like that. He is on or something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's working hand-in-hand hand with the president and all that. And the president also has Secretary Trask, played by Bill Duke. Big mm. big black guy who plays Trask. But yeah. Okay, that's another. He's a, he's a character in the books. Yeah. So we're like, oh, cool, there's more fan service. Just give this random character a name we recognize. Right. Even though he's he resembles the book character in no shape or form. <laughs> Unfortunately, by doing that, it kind of comes back to bite you in the ass. So we got Bill Duke. Uh, A lot of people know him from he was a predator, big black guy. I actually like this actor, but he's trashed. Put that, keep that in mind. (laughs) We're gonna get back to it later.
1: (laughs) Um, We also get a few more book characters. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Doctor Kavita Rao, yeah, which is kind of a newer character um, that I believe was created when uh, Joss Whedon went into writing. Okay, well, okay, there we go. I was gonna. So a big plot
0: point of this movie is that a mutant cure has been created, a mutant antibody. They're calling it a cure by um, by uh, Worthington Pharmaceuticals. Yeah, right. Warren Worthington, as in, we also get uh, Angel. Yeah. Yeah, we get a lot of new people. Actually, this movie, we get a lot of new people. A lot. Quite to, a few, the, to yeah. To the
1: point where it's like an overload of mutants. I was
0: like, let's just get Beasts out the way, and that's the last of the new people. No, we actually, we actually get quite a few now that I'm starting to remember this movie.
1: And Angel, I, I like Ben the, Foster. I like Ben Foster. I don't know yeah. if he was a good choice for Angel, but. I
0: like the opening scene where he's a little kid trying to cut his wings off in the yeah. bathroom and the yeah. dad's like Warren are you in there and you think the kid he's fucking jerking off I don't know why the dad is so angry you know Kawhiar why have you been in the bathroom for so long cause the kid's probably jerking off Why the dad gotta be such a dick and kick the door open <laughs> you know, imagine how embarrassing he would've been and, and this poor little Warren Worthington there with a with the playboy or something like ooh sorry Fortunately, the dad lucked out, and he was cutting his wings off. Whoo! Dodge a bullet there, um, but that was kind of a cool scene. He was really shit. Like, I'm sorry, Dad, that I'm a mutant. And he's like, Oh no, not you too. And yeah, I guess that alludes to why he did. Right, that was all motivation for yeah. To, yeah, yeah. But I gotta admit, that was that was a pretty good scene. A little kid trying to kind of powerful, kind of cut his own yeah. wings off. Yeah, mutilating himself. A little yeah. kid, you know, cutting himself. Yeah, it's a pretty good scene. Arguably one of, the, one of the few good things about this
1: movie. But the, the, going back to, like, I like the actor, but the one thing that I did like about him was we got a scene of him, like, actually flying out, eventually in the movie. He's, like, full wingspaned out, and he's flying out. The yeah. Movie. I thought that was a, it was a nice image, I thought.
0: It looked good. Yeah. It looked good. Um, who else do we got? Let's just run through the cast really quick with a few new people. Okay. There's a scene where, where Xavier's talking to students, and he goes, this is a film clip sent to me by a, a colleague, uh, Dr. Moira Matagert. Played by Olivia Williams, mm-hmm. um, who's I think actually British, but she plays her Scottish because he mm-hmm. this patient we have here. She, so we're like, oh my god, they threw in Mortimer Tagger, a big part of X Men mythology, a right. big part of Xavier's past. Yeah, exactly. They were a thing yeah. in college. You know, one of his one of uh, Xavier's actually got a few girlfriends. Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> got more than a few, even though he's a ball cripple man. He he, he knows he, what to do. He doing. can <laughs> get it. Everybody in uh, the X Men team, I'm sure can the get it. I'm sure he doesn't <laughs> know. I'm sure he's not manipulating anybody. Of course not. Know. That would be unethical. yeah
1: Yeah.
0: So she, she has like literally one line, one scene, but it's again, it's like fan service. Like, right. hey, you guys know more Matagard? Here she is.
1: Yeah, and it made sense for that that
0: little cameo. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. So I was like on board with that. Um, so the mutant cure, it hits, it hits the news, it hits the wire service. Um, then we cut to a uh, what, what do you call it with the Brotherhood? Not the Brotherhood, but they're called the Omegas or something. Something like that.
1: Yeah, it was kind of vague on that. As far it's as like a,
0: it's like a small town, it's a town meeting of yeah. mutants. Yeah. Gathered together in like in like a building to just to discuss, you know, put something on the... we're gonna, you know, here here, let's talk about this mutant <laughs> and then uh, Magneto with little with little Pyro at his side hijacks it and you know he's like they're not talking about eliminating us. No one ever talks about it. They just do it, and he he manages to sway everybody to sort of join his Brotherhood right. of Mutants, and he brings a few. We introduced a couple characters from the books, name
1: only. This is where it really starts. We we talked about it, and this is where it really kicks into high gear as far as... Yeah, we
0: meet Callisto, who in the books is a Morlock leader in the movie. She's a speedster who can sense mutants. Yeah. uh, Caliban's power. We meet Psylocke, who travels through shadows, but in the book she's actually a psychic ninja. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: It's like, why do you... I mean, you give them these characters, these names. The only people who are going to recognize these references are the people who read the books. Right. But the only people who are going to get pissed off at your divergence from these characters are the people who, go, who read the books. Right. So what is the mentality between? But by doing that, it's like you're you're almost intentionally alienating the hardcore fans of of the books.
1: Right. Yeah. So
0: it's... that's why this movie gets a lot of hate because I am a hardcore fan of the books. So that's why this movie I think is a big stumble. I, I think they intended well. Like, hey, check it out. Here's Hey, Here, Here's Callisto. Hey, Here, here's this guy. But they keep doing it wrong.
1: Here's, here's a big thing that they got wrong. Uh, let's talk about uh, the death rate in this movie. <laughs> the, um, we, we lose a couple of major... Oh, the, oh, the death rate. yes. yes. like you said, the death
0: ray. Oh. I was like, does the villain have a death ray? Because mm. Most comic books have a death ray. So,
1: okay. <laughs> the death rate. Okay, sure, fair enough. We talked about how they didn't really use Cyclops in the first two movies, or Professor X for that matter. Well, they really didn't use him this time because, eh, they just called him off. No. actually, I, Well, I heard, I read that uh,
0: James Marsden had, uh, he was off doing Superman Returns or something. He couldn't be in this movie as much. But uh, the timeline, I don't know, maybe that's not true because Superman Returns, didn't that come out in like...
1: Well, Brian Singer went to go direct it, mm-hmm. uh, Superman Returns, so they all had to be there together, I would imagine. Yeah, you're probably right. No, I, yeah, forget I just said that. So, po- point is, they fucking kill him.
0: Yeah. They kill Cyclops. They kill the leader of the X-Men. Right. Okay. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> we still have Professor X, right? Right now they kill him too. Uh, oh, what what wh- why wh- who killed him? Oh, Jean comes back. Oh, G- what? I thought she okay. No, yeah, she's dead. Well, but, but she's a good guy. No, see this is where it gets all
0: stupid <laughs> and, the, and like you keep bitch I mean, you're, yes, people die in this franchise. I mean, like you're arguing about killing a character. Right. They killed Jean last movie. Right. But we kind of glossed over that fact. Right.
1: Because it was kind of hinted that they were going to do something else with it.
0: Yeah. So so they kill Xavier. And, you know, yeah, we could get all what the fuck, but again that doesn't mean anything either because he comes back. Well does he come back? Well yeah. Well well he does. That sounds let's let's not try and drag it out. <laughs> Anybody who's watching this
1: knows the franchise. Um in a, in a post credit scene. The first one in this uh, these little set of comic book movies, I think. What is? A post credit scene. Yeah, yeah. There's a yeah, finally a post credit scene. Yeah. Had Marvel started to do that already? No.
0: Okay. Um uh, Moira Mataggart is in a hospital room and then you just the the, the comatose body just goes like hello Moira in a in a Patrick Stewarty tone. Yeah. Charles and then it ends. And then the next movie he's just back. He's just alive in his wheelchair, right. just whatever. Th- they never explain how he came back. Because it wasn't his body that he Apparently right before Gene kills him, he transfers his consciousness, just just mental powerly, into this comatose body. Who happened? Who was his twin? Because why does he look
1: exactly like Patrick Stewart? <laughs> and why is he still crippled? Yeah, th- those those are two. Un- and of all the the flaws this, this series has, this is, those are the two biggest unanswered questions. <laughs> now you could now you could defend Last Stand by saying if it wasn't for that deleted scene,
0: if he just came back, then you could blame. Um, when does he come back? Is it in Origins? No, not in Origins. When is he officially? It's going to be in the Wolverine. Yeah, it's at the end of the Wolverine right. in the airport scene that he right. comes back. Now you could now X Men Last Stand could put all the blame on the Wolverines, like if they were them brought him back, we killed him. But this, but Last Stand kills him and brings him back. Right. within the same movie with no explanation, exactly. so the onus is on them. Yeah. It's on Last Stand. You know, it was on Last Stand. It was some bad storytelling, mm-hmm. bad writing. It was, it, was, it was just a stupid move. <laughs> so they kill him. They kill Scott. Uh,
1: they kill the franchise, <laughs> just about. Well, yeah, well, unfortunately, I mean, no, they didn't. Um, well, there's one more character that we didn't we you didn't mention. Um, was... He's the Juggernaut, bitch. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, Vinny Jones.
0: Yeah. I love Vinny Jones. Uh, Matthew Vaughn was attached to this for a while mm-hmm. as a director before he bailed because he 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 saw the ship. See, he, he left the sinking ship. Um, Matthew Vaughn, who produced Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch, two awesome movies with with Vinny Jones right. in it. So when he was a he, when he was involved, he was the one who who cast Vinny Jones. Then he left, but they're like, hey, we like this guy, so they they strap all these um, prosthetic muscles. He's wearing a muscle suit. Vinny right. Jones is not a huge guy, right? He's not a you know bodybuilder like it. it kind of reminded me of Bane in in the Batman and Robin movie. Mm. Just he's another just, wonderful movie. by the yeah, way. Yeah, so he's got is... these fake muscles and. They looked okay. I mean, they didn't look... They didn't look as bad as that. But the thing is, I know who Vinnie Jones is. Mm-hmm. I know he's not that big. Yeah. I know it's him in a suit. Yeah. So, what
1: the... Well, know. you needed another mutant in there, so that's why you got Juggernaut, right? Well, I mean, well, if you want to <laughs> go through the list, we get Multiple Man, we yeah. get... Uh, we I kind of like Multiple Man. I, I kind of like that one.
0: You know, because they didn't really do anything with him other right. than just have him go all multiple. Right. That's yeah. all he did. Uh, not McDreamy, but one of them other dudes plays Multiple Man. I forget his name. Mm. Um... We get a lot of them. We get the Porcupine Kid. What's his name? I don't even know. Porcupine Kid. it's a good enough name. Um, we also get the uh, dude who has spikes coming out of his arm.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I people say they're supposed to be Omega Red, but... Uh, what? Yeah, I don't know. With all the naming- no, I, that was not made clear to me. Yeah, that was not
0: made clear to me. Not me either, but that's what I've heard. Well, we know. also get a few more glimpses of some awesome ex-students using their powers, like the awesome mutant power to take notes... Without actually having to put pen to paper. <laughs> there's a scene where, where Professor Xavier's giving a lecture and there's a student just running her hand like two inches above her paper and notes, or mad writing, just magically appearing. So her powers are magic. Her, well, I mean, no, it's science, but I'd, I'd feel fucking gypped. Like, that guy gets control of fire. She's walking through walls. I can make ink appear on paper. <laughs> That is the lamest fucking... It's like that episode of Family Guy where they all get superpowers and Meg only gets the power for her fingernails to just grow about three inches. You know, yeah. I feel totally gypped if that's my mutant power is to take notes. You could be
1: Cypher. Without a pen. Cypher's the worst one, I think. Cypher. He was the one that can just decipher any language.
0: <sighs> that's an awesome power, though. <laughs> think about
1: it. If you can speak any language
0: in the world, that's kind of cool. It probably doesn't work well on the page. <laughs> you know, of, of a comic book... He's but, a main uh, character for a long time. Well, you know, I'd rather have that power than the power to take notes without a pen. <laughs> you know, somebody's like, "Oh my god, I have to write something down. I don't have a pen. Don't worry. You know, <laughs> a- no. First, you got to go find a phone book, a, f- a phone booth, and change, and then you show up and you're like, I can take notes. I'm note <laughs> writing man. So, like, what the fuck was that? I and mean, I mean, we been talking about this for way longer than we yeah. should have the, the chick could you take a, notes without a pen I gave
1: you a softball for Juggernaut being a mutant and you didn't really go on that one but yeah Juggernaut's supposed to be a mutant in this movie <laughs> yeah and he's not really a mutant it's kind of the same issue with
0: Deathstrike yeah they just make her she's she's a character or, or these are both characters in the X-Men universe yeah but I guess they don't want to have to explain magic or cyborgs
1: so just make him a mutant yeah audiences can wrap their head around that and we that get uh, Rebecca Romaine as Rebecca Romaine in this movie Remember, she loses her powers and she becomes. Oh, I was,
0: I was gonna say she sh- she shows her own face in X Men Part Two.
1: Yeah, and, uh, in undercover. human form. Yeah. She, yeah, so we get to see her. Yeah,
0: yeah she's in a Prison Break. Sheen, she gets a, they they've harnessed the mutant cure in a gun. Yeah, they like could shoot syringes like a. And she gets she jumps in, she she takes the bullet, if you will, for Magneto. She right. jumps in front of it. She gets depowered, turns into human, and Magneto is like, "I'm sorry, you're not one of us," and he walks away. Yeah, he leaves her. Naked, right? Alone, in the middle of a road, surrounded by <laughs> army agents who want to imprison her. Yeah, like what a fucking asshole! She's been standing by us at least. I will levitate you to a hotel. And you're, and, you know, I'll <laughs> leave you from there. You know, I'll give you bus fare, and then you're on your own. Bus but fare. <laughs> to just to, but to just leave her right there naked. You're not one of us anymore. See ya. Drops the microphone. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. That was like, come on. I mean, because that's the thing about Magneto. He's not. A dick. He believes in mutant superiority. He thinks he's doing the right thing in his own mind. All that kind of stuff. Right. But he's not a fucking asshole to his friends. Yeah. Or I don't know. I hated just seeing him just leave her naked alone.
1: Especially if you want to include all the backstory we're gonna get in the next few movies. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, at this continuity, we don't know how long she's been with him. Right. But we know that she's pretty much his most loyal right. lieutenant. She's his number you know his number one, his go to guy. And just the way he ditched her like that, it, it it just it rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't buy it. It it, it I don't know because Magneto's a cool villain in that he's not just out. He's not twiddling his mustache. He he he. I'm going to destroy yeah. Metropolis or something like that. He thinks in his own mind he's doing the right thing, right? Uh, which includes storming Alcatraz, which has now become um, the the base of the, of the pharmaceutical company where they're developing the cure. So he wants to destroy the cure. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't want mutants to become de-power, So that's right. that's his big end game. There's a big uh, sequence with the Golden Gate. Oh yeah. Bridge yeah. where he like levitates the bridge. Mm-hmm. To, to whatever. It's it's pretty cool. Looks good on film. Looks good in a trailer. Yeah. 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 So he's got all of his mutants <laughs> on the bridge, ready to storm the Alcatraz Island. There's a lot of soldiers there. And uh Pyro's like, Let's take it down and all of his mutants rush, and I swear to God, about like at least, a, there's a shot of at least a dozen of them. Really bad wire work, all having the mutant power <laughs> to jump really high. Like, I get that there's a scattering of powers in this group. Right. But, the, but so many of them have the mutant ability of
1: just really high jumping. Well, what happened was uh, Manito just lifted them all up and it, threw them over it, it was
0: like, really? Like, throw one or two, three tops. <laughs> but they show, like, there's literally a scene where there's almost ten guys in the air at once. And we don't see any... We get, like, one guy who can... uh Grow his arms grow his arms back. Oh yeah. And we got one dude who can, Wolverine like, has fun with that one. Yeah. Uh, Throw <laughs> those back. Yeah. And we get one dude who 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 can like breathe just black death. He like oh, like man. breathes smoke and he just kills some people. But beyond that we don't
1: I don't know. it's a pretty lame fight scene. Yeah. There's a lot of wire work in this movie. A Lot of wire yeah. work. A lot of really bad wire work. So even the point where really when i it, first watching, I'm like, oh there's a lot of wire work in this movie. Yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> and uh Wolverine and the X Men eh, show up to <laughs> to stop. Um, to stop Magneto. So there's a, a, a fight scene where Colossus is almost not in there at all. Right. He's in the fight scene, but we, I don't think we show him throw a single punch in this whole fucking
1: fight. Is this where we get a... We get a fastball special somewhere. Yeah. Like here, is this where it's at? We get two. We yeah. get one in the danger room. Yeah.
0: And then one went to defeat Magneto. Right. Okay. And he's like, hey, make it a strike. Which and Klaus is like, does that mean you want me to throw you over Magneto's head? Without, <laughs> I don't get what that means, like past him, because that's what a strike is—a faulty metaphor, but whatever. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, they, they defeat Magneto, I guess, by by they inject him right. with the cure, so Magneto's depowered. Right. And the whole t- oh, Magneto is also since in this time recruited Jean. Yeah, and because um, she's evil now. Because she's evil now. Yeah, because she has long red hair. She's evil. She looks like. She kills she, Professor she looks like She looks like Melisanda from Game of Thrones because she's evil now. <laughs> and then she just goes batshit crazy and starts just killing everybody. Right. Just mutants and, and army guys. Like, and, just like make them vaporize or whatever. Like, they're like dispersing into like ashes. Yeah, she's just like poof. Yeah. You're dead. And then Wolverine uh, saves the day again. Saves the day. He stabs <laughs> her and, and he's like, no! Holding her dead body while he's shirtless. <laughs> a lot like at the end of Van Helsing when he's holding Kate Beckinsale while he's shirtless uh, <laughs> whatever uh, so yeah they kill Gene again, again this fucking body count in this movie mm-hmm. Magneto gets depowered which I'm kind of like what the fuck but right, yeah. whatever And well uh, they kind of at the, the, the very end the little chess scene where he yeah and again they it's like they go, oh my god we, we depowered Magneto but turns out no he doesn't he still yeah. has the powers oh my god we killed Xavier turns out no turns out he actually is alive so part good. two oh my god we killed Jean turns out no she was actually alive in the water the only death that sticks is Cyclops the one death that doesn't make any sense yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah I mean this movie is just not uh, uh, Brett Radner is just not the auteur that Brian Singer is. Right. It's This movie is silly in a lot of scenes. There's a scene where Juggernaut is about to... He tells him, like, go break into the building and find the Cure Boy and kill him. And he's just knocking his way through guards. Mm-hmm. And they play, like, a bowling strike sound effect. As he's, like, knocking through guards. I mean, that's just silly.
1: Yeah. I've, I've, and I'm
0: sure Brett Renner had a good fat man chuckle over that. Like, hey, 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 it's going to sound like bowling. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was it was just dumb. Well, let's okay. I don't know. And that, is there any like we were talking about a couple just good scenes in this movie? Are there are any that stuck out? Like I liked that scene. There's one there's
1: one really quick scene I like. It's more like a line. Oh, well I was gonna say not really good, but we were talking about everything that happened, killing off characters, depowering things. Uh, Rogue and Iceman was a thing, too, and Rogue got depowered, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. Rogue decides to take the cure, yeah. and at the end of the movie... I,
0: I think I saw in scenes, they shot both. They shot where she shows up with gloves yeah. and is like, I couldn't do it. Yeah. But in this one, she's like, <laughs> I could do it, and I'm depowered. Yeah. So, so yeah, they depower Magneto, they depower Rogue, they kill Cyclops, they kill Xavier, they kill Gene. They're just all over the place. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. I didn't mean? The... Oh, okay, well, one scene I liked... Uh, which is kind of contradictory to what I was talking about Complaining about Magneto But he's walking with Pyro And um, Pyro says something like, like I would have killed Xavier if you asked me to And then he stops walking and stops Pyro And says like Charles Xavier did more for mutants Than you will ever know yeah. My greatest regret is that he had to die for our cause to live Like that shows Even though he's been an enemy of Xavier for years He still has a grudging respect for him right. Which kind of negates the fact that he leaves Mystique Naked and alone on the side of the road
1: there you go. Yeah. It's...
0: So, as good as that scene is, they kind of fucking just negated it, you know, half an hour earlier in the movie. So, you. Know, so what is it, man? There's no consistency in this movie. There's no quality in this movie. would have been funny if, like, after he said that line,
1: he's like, isn't that right, Mystique? Where's Mystique at? Has anybody <laughs> seen Mystique? She, she, she left her naked in the middle of...
0: She's literally in the middle of nowhere. They're Like, on the freeway. Right, or yeah. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <sighs> naked! <laughs> Surrounded by guards who are... Oh, yeah. Oh, and then she sells him out, though. Oh, she, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. the one who gives the the president and all those guys intel and all that. Hell, half to know theory like a woman scorn. So, it's like Magnino did that to himself. Like, why would he fuck over the girl who knows more about his operation right. than anybody? Yeah. Come on, he's supposed to be a, a brilliant strategist as well. This movie's just so many just little things that you're like, what the fuck? And that's what Acts. everybody said when they watched the movie. Was, yeah, and, um, and this th- was considered a big step backwards by just the public in general public opinions this is probably it was almost like the
1: last stand of what we were going to take for the movie the last time anyone <laughs> will stand for this right, and yes. I can't stands no more yeah so and it was a while before we got an actual X-Men movie uh, but in the meantime we did get our first I guess spinoff movie I guess you want to call it that
0: um yeah I guess it's
1: a spinoff they, well let's say spinoff let's just say the studio said you know what fuck the bullshit get rid of the X-Men and let's just go right into Wolverine Alright gang, on that note, we're going to stop right here for right now, and we'll pick up right where we left off on our next episode, which will be out in a couple of days, so please come back as we conclude this topic of the X-Men Cinematic Universe. And of course, always remember to pop your culture, and now, enjoy this little musical number until we come back for part two. No place to hide,
0: no place to run, no place to run, the mutant age has now begun. X-Men